is this aligned with my idea of creating my life for myself, my standards for myself, my expectations for myself? Express yourself as your main character, you know? Reflection is necessary in order to understand who you are and understand what your outlook is on the world, how you want to live your life. It became very clear that (laughs) something was out of sorts, namely myself. It was just super embarrassing. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hey guys, it's your host, Dasam. And Emma. Here with another episode of Before We Make It. Woo! <laughs> today we have a very special guest with us today. His name is Case Kenny. He is a podcaster and social media influencer of the Manu Mindset Who Does podcast. So Case, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I killed it with the intro. I am Case Kenny, writer, podcaster, do lots of things with music, but I'm in Chicago, um, and I, I everything I do creatively, whether it's writing quotes on coffee cups or podcasting or writing or doing music is all about mindsets and mindfulness, which I'm very passionate about. So that's it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and Case, you're also a blogger, recording artist. You're very multifaceted in all of your passions. Which one would you say is your, I guess, like bread and butter, like writing or recording or music? I mean, it would be writing for sure. I mean, everything stems from writing. Like I sit down and I write my thoughts and that then becomes a podcast. I sit down and I write my thoughts and that then becomes music quotes, everything. So it's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer at core. I mean, I write books, but I, I've turned it into you know, bring life into it. You know, I don't think writing ends with words that you write in a book or online. Like you could take them many directions, which I try to do. Yeah. And I'm also curious, how did you like get to be where you are? Because I honestly only started following you after I heard you on the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. And it was such a good episode, by the way. But I don't know like what happened before that that sort of led you to this place you are in now. I don't know if you'd go by the term influencer, but yeah, um, (laughs) the influencer term. Obviously, I am an influencer just by nature of having a social media following. I prefer to say that I'm someone with influence rather than influencer, just because I think the term influencer has um, it's got a bad kind of stigma to it, whereas you can kind of not really have talent but have a following. And that doesn't really mean a lot unless you're doing something constructive. That's just my opinion. <laughs> we don't have to go there. But uh, I'm very grateful to, to be doing what I'm doing. And um, yeah, being on the Girls Gotta Eat podcast, I was like, I don't know, uh, eight months ago or something like that. Like, that was really cool, of course. But I mean, I've been writing online in some capacity since 2014. But really, like things have blown up for me in the past, like two years, like that's where things like really took off with the podcast, like it's top 10 social media, things like that. Uh, my business, uh, I create journals. So I mean, it, it's like I've been practicing, <laughs> they call it practicing in some capacity for, you know, since 2014. Um, and I started the podcast three years ago, in 2018. And that really blew up. And it's led me in all kinds of interesting directions. But I've kind of never really had like a vision for what I'm trying to do. I'm just very passionate about certain things. And I'm kind of in tune with what I think I'm good at. And I just keep like pulling on that thread. And it led me to podcasting. It led me to music. It led me to Instagram. It led me to create journals and mindfulness, dating and like all these different things. So I just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, to be honest. But it's really, it's really fun to like, be so purpose driven and just like enjoy the process and like no pressure on my shoulders or anything like that. I love that. 
we actually recorded a podcast over at Radically Honest a while ago, and it really stuck with me when you said whether or not you have a platform, you have to stand for something because if you don't, then like what's the whole point? And I do think there are a lot of influencers out there that have a following but not really much direction in which they're guiding their following. So I really love that you're so purpose-driven. Yeah, and those people, I think they're they're fine, great people as well. Like I have no problem with people who just want to be famous, for instance. Like go off, like have at it, go be famous. But I think they will realize that fame, money, influence really is kind of vapid unless you're doing something with it. And I think you see that time and time again. I mean, how many times have you seen the, the classic story of an influencer or a wealthy, rich celebrity wanting to do something with their lives? It's because, I mean, that's, that's what we're on earth to do. We're on earth to impact other people in a positive way. And whether that's making them laugh or cringe or be inspired, I think there's room for everyone to do something. I just... Um, I'm very in tune with what I think my ability is to do that. And I've like hit the ground running and I just keep following it. And um, it's really, it's just really gratifying. Yeah. Well, I definitely think you created your own little special space of the internet because especially with like the coffee cup idea, I just think that's so creative. I feel like with stuff like that, it's really, I don't know, it's really easy to sort of like go viral and become one of those like trends where people instantly follow the like the minute they see that very original content. So I love that. And I have so many of those coffee quotes saved on my Instagram. So thank you for that. But we're going to go ahead and get into our first segment that we do on Before We Make It. This is just where we talk about anything that we've been obsessed with recently. So food, drinks, books, music, you name it, whatever you want to talk about, the floor is yours. So Dasami, you could take it away. Yeah. So recently, because I'm in South Korea, I don't know if y'all know this, but it is such a like concept for everyone to just go to coffee shops. They're called cafes here and take a ton of photos of their food, of their drink. Like basically it's an experience. Like you don't go for the coffee. You go for the aesthetic pleasure of being in a very like well-decorated themed environment. So I've been loving cafe hopping. It's what they call it here. And it's super fun. They literally adorn their pastries with flowers and all sorts of like edible um, decorations. It's gorgeous. So that's been really fun. And then the other thing I would say is, of course, I'm in Korea, so I have to watch Korean dramas, which are basically television shows. (laughs) And there's been this one, I don't know what the translation of the name is into English, but it's very dramatic. And it's honestly like heartstrings, family dynamic, you know, there's this like forbidden like lover drama. And I don't know, that's been really good. So I will link it down below. But Korean dramas in general have been one of my favorite pastimes lately. Okay, amazing. I love that you said that. (laughs) You're gonna have to send me the show because I am looking for new stuff. So for me, I have been loving there's always like a coffee and a book wreck literally every single episode with me. But I got a new drink at Starbucks. Like what's new. So if you want the order, I actually posted on my Instagram and a couple people sent me pictures that they tried it. So it was so rewarding. But it is the iced adopio espresso with two bumps of white mocha and soy milk. And then I get like a crap ton of caramel drizzle and salted cream foam. And it is the most amazing thing. It's definitely a lot of calories, but so good. So make sure to get that next time you go to Starbucks and let me know if you try it. And then the other thing is this book called Regretting You by Colleen Hoover. I read it on the road trip to Nashville and it was such a good read. I was literally crying in the car and everyone was like really confused, but it was such an like an amazing read. So 
highly recommend that one. And then I think like last little thing is this show called Manifest. I don't know if y'all have heard of it, but it's number one on Netflix right now. It's about a plane that basically went missing for five years and it's such a good show. We actually finished it, my family and I. So definitely recommend that one if you're into sort of like sci-fi. It, it talks about a lot like miracles and things like that, but it's a really, really good one. It is so good. Just wanted to come in and attest. <laughs> I haven't watched Manifest, but it like keeps following me around on Netflix. Like it's always like you should watch or most popular. It's like an ad that follows you around the internet. Um, it really wants me to watch it, but I haven't yet. Uh, I've been watching Too Hot to Handle season two. I started to watch it. I was like, I was going to like hate watch it. You know how you watch things that, you know, you don't like and you do it. But now obviously I watched the whole thing. Um, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed, but it was it was interesting. Uh, other obsessions, I would just throw out two two things that are hot to trot in my mind right now. I'd say my Vans shoes. I always wear Vans. It just simplifies things. Like I have a closet, I don't know, probably 50 pairs of shoes in there, but I never wear any of them because I've graduated into like just wearing Vans and it's really simplified my life. And then I'll say music wise, I've been listening a lot to uh, John Summit. He's like tech house. Like I listen to a lot of house music and he uh, is really groovy. So I'd say between those three things, you got a, a good snapshot of what I'm into lately, but it changes every week, but that's where we're at right now. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Honestly, we wanted to unpack more of like mindsets because on this podcast, we talk a lot about lifestyle, relationships, dating, a lot about like our deep pitfalls of growing into this daunting phase of adulthood. And I think psychologically, there's so much that could help you when you have like strong mental reins in. What is a mindset that you use personally? Oh man. I mean, every everything is a mindset to me. Everything I do all day, every day. I mean, all, all like mindsets are to me is just self-awareness. I think if you could just chip away at things that aren't true to yourself, you're going to end up with things that are true to you. And that is where you find your most powerful mindsets. I mean, one of the ones I did recently was like this idea of like choosing yourself. And that's like the biggest self-help cliche in the world, right? Oh, you got to go choose yourself. But like, I think about a lot of the time where the context within which I hear that phrase, like I'm finally deciding to choose myself. Where do you typically hear that? Well, you typically hear it after some kind of adverse event, a breakup, getting fired, complications with friends. Um, a, you're feeling massively insecure and you're like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to choose myself. Um, and I think that's great. Of course, like <laughs> there's never a wrong moment to choose yourself. But I always like consider the, the flip side of that is like, why do we wait for adverse of events in our life to go inward, to practice some kind of self-love, whatever that looks like, to practice some kind of productive, constructive selfishness? We wait to get pushed to an edge to do these things. And I just think the most powerfully compassionate thing we could do for ourselves is to, is to practice that all the time. And I think a lot of times people think that self-love, it means cutting people off, you know, doing drastic changes in your life. But I really don't think it's that. I think all it is is the application of self-awareness. Like, we all know when things aren't true to us. We all know when we're letting ourselves down. We all know when we're dating people who are beneath us, working jobs that aren't, aren't fulfilling. Like, we all know those things. But a lot of the times, we refuse to choose ourselves in the fact that we would ig rather ignore those warning signs than confront them because it's easier not to. Every mindset I ever talk about comes down to being self-aware. Like if you're not a self-aware person, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means it just means you're going to struggle because you're you're constantly adopting other people's points of views, perspectives, putting up with things that are beneath you. Self-awareness allows for you to make more compassionate 
decisions for yourself. And there's all kinds of different ways, of course, to practice that. But I think the idea of choosing yourself is just a mantra you can iterate on every day and ask yourself in this day, in this decision I'm making, am I choosing myself in a big way, in a small way, in any way? And I think you you ask yourself a question like that enough, you're going to start to realize that maybe you're not. And then there's an opportunity to improve. Yeah. And I also think that you do a really good job of like making it really well-rounded. Like not all of your episodes are about relationships, but like you said, it's about that self-awareness and about making sure that you're checking in on like how you are internally and then apply that to whatever it may be in your life. As far as different mindsets, because we hear about growth mindset and abundance mindset, like what is a mindset that you think speaks to all of these different you know, factors in life, like relationships and career and everything. What is something that you would say people should sort of prioritize more than the other ones? They, they all have common common strings to them. I mean, one of the episodes I did lately that kind of sums them all up is this idea of main character energy kind of become like a meme, right? Main character. Are you the main character in your life? And uh, obviously, I didn't come up with that. I just created what I thought is a mindset that really embodies it. It's just the idea that like a lot of times in life when it comes to figuring out life, I mean, life can be daunting to your to your wording and it can be intimidating and it can be up and down. It's like a lot of times we're very tempted to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm creating. So I'm just going to find someone else, something else, and I'm just going to attach my ride to that. And we don't say that overtly, right? But a lot of the time it's just we're throwing away the notion that we literally get to decide what we do, who we allow in our lives, and what we expect of ourselves in the world around us. And I think the idea of main character energy is just being like, I'm going to be extremely type A about that. As an author of your life, in quotes, like you get to decide who you write in and who you write out. And it's it's the equivalent of being a script writer in that you're going to write other people in instead of allowing like them to write you in. And it's not like someone's better than anyone else or anything like that. It's just a, it's just being type A. Like I think being stubborn and type A in life is a really, really good quality. It comes with it, of course, mm. many downsides. But I think the upside of a mentality like that, where you decide that you're not waiting for someone to invite you into their story. Um, And I'm not talking about relationships, like relationships. It's like my vision is two main characters coming together. That's great. I'm talking about jobs and creativity and being an entrepreneur and things like that. Like, I think sometimes we underestimate our ability to start at zero and build to where we want to go. And that's an allegory for business. That's an allegory for confidence, for fulfillment, for purpose. Like, I think a lot of times we're like, well, I'm absolutely at zero when it comes to X, Y, and Z. There's no chance in hell I'm going to get to 100. So forget it. I'm just going to attach my right elsewhere. But the idea of being type A main character is that that's just not true. I mean, you could see all the cliches in the world about people who found purpose, passion, partner, or whatever it may be when they're 40 or 50. And those examples are always true. I'm just talking about you know, we all have the ability to create something in our lives. I'm um, not necessarily creatively or music or art, but like we do have this ability and we don't always have to be borrowing from other people. Like we can create from scratch. And I just think that's a powerful mentality to have because it guides you and like encourages you to check yourself back to the self-awareness part. Because then you're always asking myself, is this a- aligned with my idea of creating my life for myself, my standards for myself, my expectations for myself, as opposed to borrowing other people. So just like, are you active or passive in your life? You know? And then that'll transcend into dating, it'll Mm -hmm. transcend into business, it'll transcend into confidence and everything in between. So I'm big on that idea. You can call it main character energy if you want, or you can call it just being, you know, centered in who you are and, and what you're trying to build. Yeah. Main character energy is like all the rage right now. I think it's really because of right now, just like seeing your life in the center of 
like a movie or nowadays everyone is a content creator. So you have that like ability to put yourself out there more than ever, that accessibility to just express yourself as like your main character, you know? And going back to like the two mindsets that Emma discussed, growth and abundance, I think those are very relevant to what you were talking about as in like growth mindset is, you know, there's no limitations. There's no like physical limitations to my intellectual ability or like, because I'm a creative person, I can't do math or whatever. Like there's no limitations. And that abundance is seeing that opportunity and that potential, like everywhere you go, rather than seeing like restriction or like, if this person is succeeding, then I am losing or whatever. So it takes away from that comparison play dynamic. And I think being the main character is really just shedding all of that comparison, that noise, that limitation, and just really just going full force. You self-proclaim as someone who's like very relatable, you know, somewhat average in the sense that uh, like you're the things that work for you work for everyone else. So why are mindsets so life-changing for just like the everyday individual? Maybe they're not entrepreneurial or not super ambitious in their career, but they still want that main character energy, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like my whole thing is like, I, I just don't want to call myself an expert because I think it's rather disingenuous of me to say that. So I just like, I'm like a normal guy. And I really am a normal guy. Like I, I don't have any formal training in any of this. I talk about what has made me happy and fulfilled and has given me clarity. And if it helps other people, that's great. If it doesn't, um, then that's okay as well. The gift of self-awareness is one that everyone should strive to have, certainly. You know, you talk about people who, oh, you know, I just don't really care about being successful or I don't care about being ambitious. Like, that's fine. Those kinds of people are fine, but they can absolutely still benefit from self-awareness. It's all about making decisions that are true to you and discovering what's true to you. I talk so much about mindfulness. Um, most of my following is women. And, I, and I've had a lot of conversations with other women. And they're like, well, why don't you think more men are into your content? And a lot of times I'm like, I don't really know. You know, it could be a vulnerability thing. It could be a sensitivity thing. I have no idea. But then I think about like, what would my pitch be to the everyday man for practicing more self-awareness? Or even like a pitch to the everyday man to be more sensitive in their life, right? It's a little, it's a little better. I would say the whole purpose of practicing self-awareness, mindfulness, sensitivity, vulnerability is because it feels good. A lot of times I try to put myself in like a a very animalistic mindset. It's like, well, because it freaking feels good. Like a lot of times that's the motivation people need. Like you think about being living a life where you're self-aware and living a life where you're not self-aware. When you're self-aware, it just feels good because you know when you're lying to yourself. Like people, people truly do know that. Like people that are like miserable in their lives and they blame other things a lot of times it just comes back to they, they know they, they're constantly lying to themselves and lying to themselves. They're doing things that they don't want to do, but they don't want to upset the, the status quo. So they go against it. Same with like dating and like all those kinds of things. Like, you know, when you're dating beneath you and it's unsettling and all it would take would be to the application of self-awareness to do something, say something and be done and move on. But a lot of times we don't do that. So like the whole pitch should be mindfulness, self-awareness just feels good. It feels so much better in life spiritually and physically because it all manifests itself differently is to be honest with yourself and honest with other people. Like there is such a huge difference in your life between living and hiding things from yourself and others and a life where you don't. Obviously, the, the latter can be awkward. It could be painful. There's a lot of you know instances where you got to rip off a bandaid and it hurts. It hurts yourself and it hurts others. But ultimately, like the pitch is that do you want to live a life where you just feel good and free? Like that is what mindfulness gives you. You know you have the opportunity to, but it's going to involve a lot of questioning of yourself, 
the world around you, the people around you, the standards you have, the expectations you have. I think it just comes down to creating those for yourself through the lens of being self-aware for the millionth version of that word. But I, I think I think it really, really is powerful. And I think everyone can benefit from it. It's not just like the Elon Musks of the world who want to meditate in the morning and then go crush their billion dollar day. Like that's not mindfulness. Mindfulness is for the average person who wants to make more decisions that are true to them rather than doing what they think they're supposed to do. Yeah, I think it's like what you said about being active versus passive, because I think a lot of people and even people who may normally be very self-aware and mindset driven, like there are phases of life where you kind of just feel like you're floating. Maybe it's because of stress or just an overwhelming amount of different things that are piled on top of you. You don't have time to think about your mindset or reflect or journal and things like that. That sound really, really nice. But I think in a lot of people's everyday lives, it's kind of hard to make sure that they prioritize those things. And obviously those things do pay off because reflection is necessary in order to understand who you are and understand what your outlook is on the world and how you want to live your life. And so I think that especially, I mean, our whole thing is like obviously growing up in your 20s, navigating that whole period of life as people who just recently graduated college, a lot of our listeners are in that phase of life. It's very easy to, I think, to get sucked into like a passive way of living just sort of like living in the moment and not really looking to the future and not living every day with a sense of purpose, so to speak. So what would you say to the people who are dealing with that? Like, you know, the young 20 year olds or even to your younger self, who was probably like coasting through life casually, like most guys. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking about this the other day on another interview. And it's become really funny to me that like, so I'm 33. It's like we all become our parents at some point. That's always the joke, right? I'm not saying I've, I've become my parents, but I find myself saying a lot of things my parents used to say when I was in my early 20s. And I would laugh at them and be like, that's silly advice. One of which is you've got a lot of time in your life. And who you are when you're 20 versus 25 is very different. And who you are when you're 30 versus 25 is very different. 35, 40, and so on and so forth. It really, really, really is true. Like I am a completely different person at 33 than I was when I was 30, much less 20, much less 25, and any any in-between age. So like, I think the key to what you just described, new graduates, whatever it may be, it's a balance. It's a balance of patience and a sense of urgency. I really do think we need to put less pressure on ourselves. I see a lot of a lot of pressure to find your purpose, find your purpose, find your purpose. And I would like I would say I found my purpose when I was 31. That was when I say I would say I found it. The years in between were spent being, I would say, impatient, pressured myself, borrowing other people's metrics for success. And I wasn't miserable by any means or anything like that. But I think looking back, the best thing to do is have a balance of patience and urgency. Patience, knowing that you do have time, how you feel today, what you're doing today is is the furthest thing from permanent, but also a sense of urgency. And not urgency as far as like, I need a job hop, although I do recommend that, or I need to hop from relationship to relationship. Uh, but rather, it's just a sense of urgency of asking yourself the question of why. And why is the ultimate manifestation of self-awareness, right? If you're going into scenarios, situations, jobs, relationships, decisions you have to make, and you're always asking yourself why, you're just you're naturally going to end up where you need to be. And that's somewhat of a throwaway answer, right? Just like trust the process, end up where you need to be. But a lot of people don't create a process for themselves. And the process that you can create for yourself is the practice of asking yourself why. And you could do that through journaling. You could do it through meditating. You could do it through just literally being like, oh, I've got to make this decision why am I making this decision? Well, it's because it's this, this, and that. I am really like in on the idea of why. Like you can break down any decision you have to make, any anxiety you have, and anything that's on your mind by asking yourself why. 
And not just once, but answer the why and again and again and again until you get to the heart of what you're doing. And I also think in regards to like jobs and working, right? It's an area that's filled with a lot of frustration when it comes to what is purpose. And I find a lot of people give up on finding purpose when they realize that purpose doesn't mean quitting your job. Like I see so many people say that all the time that like, I've got to to get out of the nine to five rat race and really live my purpose. And like, as someone who worked a nine to five while building all this at the same time since 2014, they are not mutually exclusive. You can pay your bills, be pragmatic about your life and still be incredibly purpose-driven and happy. So I think we need to dismiss the notion that's been made so popular by the internet and media and people who blew up overnight that living a life of purpose and passion is one where you can't work a desk job. Like, I just really don't agree with that. There's ultimately a day where, yeah, you you leave it and you go and do your thing full-time, but we shouldn't put pressure on ourselves to always be trying to leave the rat race and escape the rat race and all these kinds of cliches that are thrown around as being the things that are pulling you back from your purpose in life. I just really don't think it's the case. You can create an amazing, amazing scenario for yourself where you work a job that you like. You don't love it, but you like it. And the skills you learn there benefit you through whatever else you're building and working on. And you've got this amazing symbiotic cycle of learning and learning and learning. And then you're going to turn 25 and then you're going to turn 30 and you're like, wow, I've learned a lot and this is incredible. And I've changed five times who I am and what I stand for. This is great. But ultimately it all comes back to being patient, but also a sense of urgency, balancing that for yourself. And I can go on and on about that, but that would be my quick diatribe. Mm. I wonder if anyone's success metrics are truly original. I think we all borrow them from everyone else. And then eventually we got to get to the point where it's not about the success metric. It's not about actually succeeding in any format. It's actually just about the journey and how we develop and grow and what we learn about ourselves like through that. So I think that in a way should be more of the metric for am I satisfied? And you know, you do have so many journals out there and like they are really incredible but your most recent journal, Unbothered. Why is this like the title and like your most recent secret sauce to success? Because I think it's interesting how you say, be patient, but also have a sense of urgency. And this sense of urgency is kind of what creates the actions towards movement, progress, right? So that balance is really tricky, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's the trickiest thing. Absolutely. I think mindfulness isn't difficult. Self-awareness isn't difficult. It's the balance of it. Because you can't always be moping around being like, why, why? Sometimes you got to be a killer and you got to go like that's, that's the reality, right? So yeah, it's all about balance for everyone who looks at my Instagram and like, wow, case is such a sensitive, great guy. Uh, thank you. That's amazing. Thank that's such a nice thing for people to say. But the reality is, yeah, I'm all those things. But I'm also like very type A and aggressive. And like, I want to build these things. And like, who I am when I'm doing my business is a little bit different from who I am when I'm writing quotes on a cup. Like it's all about balance. It's all about being compassionate in in every sense, of course, but like you need to have versions of yourself that you tap into the game when it's go time versus when it's reflection time. But anyway, to your question, the the unbothered journal, I mean, I think that the best life you can live, of course, is where you, you move forward quickly, 
where you have a short, I don't want to say memory, but you move, you move on quickly. You don't let things hold you back. And like I chose the word unbothered because, you know, obviously it's, it's relatable. You want to be unbothered by things in life. And we don't realize where our focus is, right? So like, I think there's three areas where your focus could be. Your focus can be in the past, the present, or the future. And where we get in trouble is where it's in the future or the past. And I think that's fine, of course, but I think it's the recognizing where it is in the moment so that you can corral it in reel it in and be a little bit more productive with your time and your mind and your soul and everything in between. So the journal is focused on that. Like what is bothering you? Why is it bothering you? Everyday iterations of that practice. On those days where you're just like, I'm anxious, but I don't know why. Very common feeling. This kind of breaks it down in in that sense of where is your mind naturally gravitating? Is it hung on to something in the past? Is it anxiety about the future? Is it pressure that you've put on yourself that you can't quite identify? Well, let's identify it, reel it in so we could focus on the present because good things obviously happen when you're focused on the present in a certain sense. So yeah, that was all the, the journal was focused on. Awesome. And to sort of close off our main segment of the episode, let's talk personal and professional life because you said the way that you handle your business isn't the same way that you handle when you're writing quotes on cups. So they're obviously two very different things. Could you talk a little bit about your mindset for thriving in your personal life and how does this help you attract like the kind of people that you want and honestly need in your life to to sort of have that like all fulfilling friendship? Yeah, I mean, well, for one, I mean, I really do try to surround myself with people who are driven by a sense of purpose, but more so like a sense of impact. You know, I used to hang out with a lot of entrepreneurs and I still do, and that's great, but I used to hang out with a lot of them personally and socially. They were entrepreneurs first and like people second. That's fine. They're great people. They make a lot of money. That's fantastic. Ultimately, they're highly capable of impact. But I, I personally have kind of 180 that and I would much rather hang out with people who are people first, impact driven first, and then figured out a way to make money from it. If you're good at something, you should get paid for it. But it's the recognizing of what you want in life. What are you good at in life? What are you passionate about? And then you go build a business around, not the other way around. So like I kind of trimmed my social circle to hang out with more people who are people first and business second. Because I used to get so wrapped up in, in business and figures and metrics and things like that, that I just, it was just exhausting. I just find so much more gratification in like who I am outside of work, outside of any of this of these things I do. And just like who I gravitate towards, people that are just passionate people and that who happen to be very good at business. But that's a secondary metric for me now. It used to be like a flex. Oh, I know so-and-so. He's the CEO of this. Or blah, blah, blah. like To me, like that's cool. It's great to have a, a high-functioning network. It's no longer that cool to me. Like, I've, like I said, I've gone through all these phases. Like I used to be a huge tool and I love going to the club and buying bottles and stuff like that. And uh, it doesn't make me a tool, but I just go through phases, right? Um, as everyone does. Like you, you grow through what you think is cool um, to what is right, to what is, you know, growth oriented, to what is compassionate. And I think everyone just goes through those seasons. But now I'm just very centered on like the people element of purpose in life rather than like headlines and, and network. That's honestly major growth because I think like the people that we spend our time with is so important. And it does take a while to really like curate that to what we need. Because obviously, like when you grow up as an adult, and I'm starting to realize this, like before graduating college, everything is just really structured. And so it's really convenient to hang out with people. But then when you're an adult living in the real world, you have to just be a little bit more picky about like, where your time goes and you have so little of it if you're working like a nine to five. So it's like even more important to make sure that, you know, who you are spending your time with is, is beneficial in that sense. I think it's so funny that you're able to like recognize like the stereotypes that you used to embody being like the guy that buys bottle service or whatever, but then recognize that 
you know, it wasn't bad necessarily. It was just like what you wanted at the time. And now that you no longer find fulfillment in that, you don't necessarily question like, why do I suddenly, you know, not feel happy, like doing the same things that I used to feel happy in? Like you're able to shift. And I think that adaptive quality is like so important and not feeling lost whenever you don't find satisfaction in the same things. So we'll get into our last segment, Endearing Awkwardness. We're each going to share a short, embarrassing story just to give a good laugh. So... I'm going to go ahead and tell a boy story because I have too many of them. But this one was actually in middle school. And I thought about it recently because I caught up with this guy on Instagram and it just reminded me of it. So middle school, I was absolutely obsessed with this boy who was six foot three and four eleven. It wouldn't have made sense, but I was so obsessed with him. And basically like I didn't have the guts to ever tell him how I felt like he would kind of tease me a lot. And it was just something that like I sort of kept to myself. But one day I got really tired of keeping my feelings in. I was probably watching like some dramatic show that made me want to like confess my feelings. So I went to his classroom and I told the teacher like, hey, um, I need this like student. Like I need him to come outside right now because I need to talk to him. First of all, let me go back a little bit because the teacher that was supposed to be teaching that classroom was my friend's mom. So I was like, oh, this will be totally cool. But it wasn't. It was a substitute. And she was like a super like, you know, older lady. She didn't know what was going on. And I was just like, no, like the office needs to see him right now. Like the office literally needs him like at this moment. So she reluctantly let him out. And he was really confused because obviously I had no authority. Like I didn't even work for the office. I was just a random kid. And I basically just like totally blinked out as soon as he came out of the classroom. Like I was like, you know what? Like like, just never mind. Like I started crying and I ran away and then he ended up moving away. So it was, it was a whole thing, but yeah, that's like the short version of it that literally describes my middle school, like boy experiences. So that was it for me. Case, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've got, hey, how much time do you have? I, I can go awkward story for awkward story. The one that I like I've told on the podcast before, but is like my most like recent, like, bad one was like right before COVID hit, prepare yourself for this. So right before COVID hit, I like I had like something on my arm, like a bump on my arm. And I was like, ah, I should probably go get that checked out. Um, so I went to a dermatologist here in Chicago. And I got there. I was, he was like, yeah, it's probably nothing. It looks like just, you know, whatever, like, well, we can go ahead and remove it. No problem. Um, he's like, but you know, you haven't been in the dermatologist dermatologist in a while like do you just want to do like a full body thing i was like yeah i'm an adult now it's probably a smart thing to do right he's like yeah cool awesome no problem <laughs> here's the the challenge he goes i'm gonna go ahead and leave the room why don't you go ahead and like strip down he's like you got two options you could just take everything off or there's a robe there that you're welcome to put on whatever you want to do people do whatever it'll be back in a minute i'm like all right the way that he worded it was like if you put that on like you're being kind of like a little baby so I'm like all right whatever so like i like get naked and i'm sitting there like on the the table or whatever just kind of like emasculated just kind of like sitting there all hunched over and then the doctor comes back in but he brings like six people with him it was like training day at the place it was like him a nurse and like three like students or whatever in and of itself that was like really embarrassing but then also like i clearly misinterpreted their instructions because like it's definitely it definitely wasn't protocol to like not put on their little robe thing it became very clear that something was out of sorts namely myself it was just super embarrassing, but everything was good to go. Just a little something on my arm, and uh, I'm the the picture of health now. Yeah, it was a eyeful for everyone involved there. But hey, you know, whatever. Can't be ashamed of your body. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Wait, did they not knock on the door before they came in? Like you didn't get a little warning, or you got the knock and then it was just like six people. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the knock knock coming in, six people. 
Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> did you eventually put on the robe or did you just stay there? No, no, I didn't put it on. No. <laughs> that's so funny. Because I think everyone at that point was like too awkward to be like, what are you doing? So we just powered through it. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Everyone was awkward that day. It's okay. That's what they say, you know, like you just uh, don't make it awkward and it's not awkward. So control the situation. It's only awkward if you make it awkward. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And guys, for my story, I'm going to close it off with another embarrassing story of being in a foreign country. So yesterday or a couple days ago, actually, I was trying to meet up with a friend and we were getting get to a cafe. It was like a whole thing to get there. But I was like, you know what? I could do it. I could do it. I use Google Maps when I was in Europe. So I was like, I'll just use Google Maps. So I start using Google Maps and I'm like walking to the bus stop. And basically, like, there's no bus stop in sight. It's literally a construction site. And I'm like walking around this entire thing and there's like no bus stop. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And so there's this like old man walking by with like a cart full of like food or something. And I'm like, hello, sir. Can you show me where the restroom, uh, sorry, the bus stop is? And he basically goes, uh, I don't know, but I think it's that way. So I was like, okay, thank you. And there's a bus stop, but there's no like signs or anything. I'm fully convinced that it's a bus stop though, because there's like nothing else there. And so I just like wait here. And then this little kid like walks by and he's like laughing at me and he's literally like six years old on a bike like eating ice cream or something I just like look at him weirdly and then he basically like bikes past me and then he comes back and he's like ma'am uh there's no bus that stops here and I'm like oh this is awkward so I basically call my friend and I'm like dude I'm gonna be like a half an hour to an hour late Google Maps got me really confused and then she's like oh dude like no one uses Google Maps here like that's you know such a touristy thing to do. I thought you were like Korean or something. And I was like, yeah, I am. But I I haven't been used to like being around here. And she was like, everyone uses this other app called Neighbor. And I was like, okay. And so I re-download it. And then I finally get to the right bus stop and everything. And then I end up taking the wrong bus as in I take it in the wrong direction. (laughs) So I'm going in the wrong direction. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that there are like two bus stops parallel on each side of the street. And like, you have to go in the one that takes you in the right direction. I'm like super late, like an hour late. And this story, oh gosh, like I get to the place and I go to the wrong cafe because the cafes are super hidden and everyone is just like super annoyed because I keep asking like literally everyone on the street, like, where do I go? But eventually I get to my friend an hour late and she's like, she's nice and she's, you know, understanding, but it was a whole hassle. And I just felt so embarrassed that day because I had no idea what I was doing, but I feel like that's how all of your stories are with when it comes to being in a foreign country. I mean, it's fine. It's acceptable, but I didn't expect anything different. So I love that for you. And I mean, you have like a month, so you'll adjust. Yeah, I'll adjust. Let's go ahead and have you plug your socials case. Again, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, no, of course. The funny story part at the end just reminded me of I have dozens. Yeah, <laughs> yikes. But yeah, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, implement it into your podcast. I should really, I should really, yeah, I should make it a whole thing. I thought about doing that once about doing a podcast that's just like is literally consists of like awkward stories. Maybe this is the the push I need. But anyway, socials are case.kenny uh, on Instagram and, and pretty much everywhere else. And my podcast is called New Mindset Who This. Perfect. Thank you so much, Case, for being here. Y'all need to check out his journals, they will change your life because mindset application is literally like a day-to-day habitual thing and it's not something that's going to change your life overnight but you could do it as far as us make sure to follow us on app before you make it on instagram
Instagram. We have new episodes every Thursday, guys, everywhere you listen. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. And we are still looking for a producer slash podcast editor to come onto our team. So apply in our Instagram link in bio if you're interested. And on our recent Instagram post, comment mindset if you're still listening. We love you so much. And we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, guys. Bye. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of forgot what it was, but... No, that answered it. Yeah, it did. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you're fine. A lot of my questions tend to be kind of (laughs) long-winded.